Welcome to the Majestic Boxing Academy podcast, hosted by Lee Collier. If you are passionate about helping boxers reach their potential, then you're in the right place. The Majestic Boxing Academy podcast seeks to tackle topical issues, along with the questions parents, coaches, matchmakers and boxers face in helping talent to reach their potential. This is a series of unscripted, unpolished conversations with experts in the relevant fields of talent development and boxing. From developing the environment to coaching tips and information about boxing, this series of podcasts is set out to cover it all. Listen to the discussion and reflect, but don't forget to join in the discussion and post questions or observations on our Facebook page, Majestic Boxing Academy. Tune in and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our very first ever podcast for Majestic Boxing Academy. And to start the series off, we're going to speak about white collar boxing, unlicensed boxing, and the difference between amateur. And today we have a guest, um, John Colley. John Colley is one of the coaches in Majestic Gym as well. John has uh, a wealth of experience. He's had over, he basically, have over fifty white collar unlicensed fights. But he's also had an amateur um, card as well. He's had one amateur fight for Coastal Amateur Boxing Club in Morecambe. He's very experienced in coaching as well. He's been coaching right now for seven years, uh, more in the unlicensed scene. And he has been affiliated to the Majestic Gym where we're based uh, for around five, year, five years now. So John has a wealth of experience of obviously of boxing itself and in particular white collar and unlicensed boxing. So that's the reasons we've invited him here today to discuss um basically educate people and what's what the difference is, is and why people choose white collar. So John, thanks for being with us today and no problem, mate. basically tell us now what is what is unlicensed boxing? It's got a very vast spectrum of unlicensed boxing it's even the ultra white collar boxing the 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 reputable firm if you will who do it that's still unlicensed boxing because you're not registered with the british box border control or any form of pro or amateur board so that's unlicensed boxing but that that's the top end of the scale if you like and the lower end of the scale are some of the shows that i've boxed on where i've boxed remember boxing in Ermston. And it was in a bar. He just bought the bar, the guy. The show was meant to be in, in his gym. And he got this bar. And there was no taps on the bar. There was, <laughs> it was cans in fridges. There was an all-imp ring. I got him ring and there was a big crack in my side at ring and everything. So the, it, it's, it's one end to the other. It's like, that's like the bottom end. Were like I say, it's just it's just like some uh, lock stock or two smoking barrels, really. Some of the shows I've been on, and then you move up and you've got like the ultra white collar boxing where it's head guarded, sixteen ounce gloves, VIP tables. You've got to wear a suit, you've got to wear a tie, and all that. And then so you would say there's, there's kind of different forms of of unlicensed boxing. So are you saying yeah, where you're on the ultra white collar boxing, which is very structured, yeah, and then on the opposite side of it, you've got shows where it doesn't matter. It doesn't really it, matter. It does just. You know, I've been at shows where there's no medical. You just oh. sign a disclaimer. If you die, it's your fault, basically. Is, is that what the paper is written on? No, it's your balls. It's your balls. <laughs> no, it's not worth anything, but... They, they, they play a lot on, on the unlicensed side on pride, I think. 
Right. Oh, you're not going to box because you don't have a medical. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They they play a lot on that, but it it's this it's the same as. So so from your experience now with, with the the the, the white collar side of it, have you seen any mismatches in the? In the ultra white collar boxing or no. unlicensed in general? Yes. Yeah, because so I see them as two different entities. Yeah, yeah, I, I see do. the ultra white collar boxing as white collar boxing, yeah. whereas I see the stuff that I've done as unlicensed boxing. But there's like a crossover as well because. I boxed in Scotland, I boxed at Aberdeen Beach Ballroom and it was live on STV in Scotland yeah. and that was the same VIP tables, like 150 quid for a table yeah. and stuff like that and that was on telly and there was a documentary made about it and everything. That was only the same thing. Million dollar question I'm going to ask you now. Go on. So that show where it was on TV and stuff like yeah. that, why didn't they just make it an amateur show and affiliate with amateur rather than stay as unregistered? Un- I have absolutely no idea because... Like I say, it's the Aberdeen Beach Ballroom. It's like a, I want to say world famous venue, but it's renowned. Yeah, it is, yeah, it, yeah, it's right, renowned no. for gigs of bands and shows. They have, and, they have pro shows as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah. they have pro shows. Um, it was just a really, really good show, and and then, then that's the other end of the scale of how they treat the fighters. Because like the show I was talking about in Ermston, where it was like, you you know you you standing in puddles of water because the roof's leaking, putting your boots on. But then that one. They gave me hundred quid behind bar. They got me an hotel room. Um, made sure I was looked after. Me and my missus at the time. We got us a Radisson Blue hotel. Um, and everything. They 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 really looked after me. And then they paid for me fuel. They paid for me for the fight. I think it probably cost me about seven hundred quid that weekend for me, just for me to box. But then on the flip side of that is how many tickets did he sell? And how much money was the show generating? Into for them to pay somebody to come from Wigan. Yeah. Because that was a rematch as well. Yeah, that was the second time I boxed him. So, firstly, like, let's talk about your kind of your your ultra white collar stuff you do, which, which I've seen your coach and I see the numbers you get, which is yeah. which is fantastic, and I see the amount which you raise for which you raise for charity as well, which is extraordinary. Uh, tell us how how you how that works, how you match up, and what the, are the kind of do? levels of what the boxers are at. Yeah, it it's really hard because I only get eight weeks, so it's like say like. Obviously, you, you coach the amateurs, so you get somebody walk through the door, yeah. and you don't have to put them in for 12 months. No. You can say, right, you've got 12 months, you need to be X amount of kilos, and then we'll get you a few skills about yeah. Whereas I've got eight weeks, and they walk through the door and go, right, I'm ready for a fight. And I'm saying, <laughs> right, okay. What I try and explain to them is, just because you've knocked somebody out when you were fighting, when you were 15, this doesn't make you a boxer. Yeah. And you get a lot of that mentality. Yeah. Like, I'm hard, mate. Do you know what I mean? You get that kind of mentality about it all. So what I try to do is... I start them all, I have like a syllabus with which I work off, so I try and do an attack, the way I try to work it is the first four weeks I do an attack session, a defence session, and at the end of each session they're learning how to hold pads for each other, and then at week four we start body sparring for a week, and then at week week five, sorry, they start head sparring, which is like full contact but only 50-60%, not trying to take each other's heads off. And then I just develop them into into their own pad men and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. About week six, I'll weigh them. I'll get them all in the gym and I'll weigh them all on the same set of scales. And the way I try to do it is I usually go for a four to five kilo weight difference. Okay. I take the weight, the height, and I generally watch them on their ability. So just to confirm, these are all seniors, by the way, aren't they? Yeah, they're all seniors. You so have to be 18 to do the ultra white collar okay. boxing, yeah. You can't. I think it's 18 or 21. I think it's 18. You have to be 18 to do the ultra white collar boxing. Okay. Um. Uh, and then I'll, I'll take all the weights in the gym 
on the same night on the same set of scales in the same area of the gym um, and I usually go to a four to five kilo weight difference either way so you're either going to be five kilos heavier or five kilos lighter than your opponent and I also take the height as well because yeah. I think at beginner level it's quite but like at our level we know if we're in with somebody taller you've got to move your head yeah. do you know what I mean you've got to move your head you've got to get your side and work yeah. if you're the taller guy sit behind your jab but I try and take height into into a, to a factor as well. Try and do about three or four inches in height difference. Yeah. But um, to blow me on trumpet, but I've never had a mismatch. I've never had a single knockout. Yeah. As whereas if somebody's been dropped and out cold, I've had a few stoppages. But you, you find the stoppages come more from the inexperience to let the emotion. Yeah. Control them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. It's like you it can't is, be tired. To be fair to the participants of that, that it's a great experience for them as well, isn't it? It's more about the experience than yeah. learning to be a boxer. Yeah. It's more about getting in a ring and yeah. you know pretending you Anthony Joshua or David A or whatever. So I, I must admit, John, on on that side of it, the ultra ultra white collar stuff, what you do, I fully understand why people do. I generally do. I understand that they want to have a little go at boxing. I understand that they want to get fit. They want to raise a bit, a bit of money for charity, and they want the friends to come and watch them box. I fully yeah, understand yeah. that, but they don't class themselves as boxers, do they? They just class themselves as participants. In yeah, it. yeah. They're just. They, I, I always refer to it as an event. Yeah. I don't refer to it yeah. as you're fighting in eight weeks yeah. or you've got a fight in four weeks or whatever. Just yeah. say when the event comes around, you yeah. need to be fit. When the event comes around, make sure you keep your hands up because that's all it is. Yeah. It's just a small chapter of their life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And obviously that's run centrally by ultra white collar. I'm presuming they have all the insurance, they have all yeah, the everything, everything which is licensed in place to cover. The way it works is license. you have to sell a minimum of ten tickets yeah. at twenty pound a ticket, or buy yourself a VIP table, which is ten people VIP meal, five hundred quid. But out of that, where the ultra white collar boxing pay for, I think it's up to a million pound. The insurance, yeah. it's it's a good chunk. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean. It covers you like if you have to have a couple of weeks off work because yeah. you know you. It's more about really, I think, when I think about it, it's more about passing the blame. Yeah. If I mismatch you and you can't go to work for two weeks because I put you in with somebody who's ten kilo heavy and they, and they give you concussion, yeah. they they can pass the buck onto me and say right, well it's his fault, so we'll pay out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I have to be careful. I have to be very careful when I'm matching it all up. And obviously on on fight night as well. You choose the gloves. Am I right by saying that? So it's your gloves. Ultra white collar boxing provide the gloves, gloves. which, which yeah. are a, a, a universal glove that are used in all white collar events. And head, they have to the person have to wear head guards as well. Sixteen ounce gloves. So sixteen ounce big gloves, head guards, which are very similar to what amateurs use for sparring, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. For, for safety reasons. And they're very heavy on the knuckle as well. Yeah. Because obviously you get some gloves where yeah. the sixteen ounce and it's all on the wrist. Yeah. Like the Clitoris, for example, and yeah. the Grants, yeah. it's all on the wrist. Bangles Whereas bangles. these ones are. There's nothing on the wrist. It's a tiny little strap on the wrist, and it's a, it's like a balloon on your fist, really. So the chances of landing in flush on the chin with a flush knuckle shot is yeah. minimal. So for, for to me, that is well structured, and as you say, I would class that as white collar. I class that as white collar boxing. And would you say it was safe? To a degree, I would. Yeah. To to to. I mean, boxing as a rule isn't a safe sport, is it? Because another man wants to punch you in the head. Yeah. But. It's, it's as safe as you could possibly make it for a beginner yeah. you've got a big thick head guard on and it's not like a sparring head guard that we'd use in gym yeah. just to stop you getting caught it's a proper good two inch thick head guard yeah. the gloves are massive they have to wear a groin protector um, you find the referees uh, um, ex-pros yeah. or ex-amateur referees who yeah. just want to earn a bit more money yeah. 
medics, they can't commence a bout without medics at ringside. They have to have a pre and post-fight medical. They fill out a medical form when they come in the gym. The yeah. first They have to have that in by the second session or the way back in the gym. Yeah. Um, it's as governed as beginner boxing can possibly be yeah. with regards to insurances, etc. Yeah. And, and that's the way it should be because at the end of the day it's a combat sport, isn't it? I think every unlicensed show should be run maybe not as stringent as that because ultra-white collar boxing is in the press a lot. It's yeah, like yeah. they heavily promote themselves on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. You know, they've been on the news a couple of times with people raising money because obviously ultimately it's a charity event. Yeah. You're raising money for Cancer Research yeah. UK. Yeah. But they should try and run most white collar stroke unlicensed shows to that to some sort of standard like yeah. that. Yeah. Right, now 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 I wanna switch over to the other side of it. The other side of white collar. The dark side. The dark, the dark <laughs> side. Yeah. Um it, it frust- I must admit that, that side of it it does frustrate me a little bit. So we'll talk about the the seniors now. Why why did you compete? Why did you why so you had one amateur fight at Coastal? Why didn't you stay in the amateurs or why didn't you go in the amateurs? Why did you go to white collar? I did some white collar before I went into the amateurs because I just thought I'd try the other side of it. But I only I started boxing when I was about twelve on and off, and I've always had a bag in garage and I've always hit a bag, but I never started taking it seriously. And more so my health, taking my health seriously. So I was about 25, 26. Yeah. And even then I was just doing it because I enjoyed it with lads in gym. We'd have a, have a bit of a tour up and then everyone was healthy and everyone was fine. And then one of the lads just said, just have a go. You know, there's a, my mate was an unlicensed fighter. He said, there's a show in Bolton in six weeks. I think I was that. Yeah, you might I have. I think did. There's a show in Bolton in six weeks. Have a go. I was like, yeah, go on then. So. Was Kyle in your corner, Kyle Fletcher? Yeah. Yeah, Carl's been in the corner for a few. My first three or four, Carl was in the corner. So uh, that period of time, obviously yours living in Wigan. I don't think was there an amateur gym in Wigan at that point. I, I think it's what Wigan ABC. Was Wigan it, ABC, it, but I believe it was, it was on, dying. It was on the it was on yeah. the decline, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, nearest one would probably would have been uh, Mike Genesis, Charlie. I don't think Mike was open then. Was it not? No. The nearest one would have probably been Lee ABC at that point. Lee maybe yeah. Or, or Horridge around that area. Black Rod maybe, yeah, Trickies maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, with your experience, so obviously you give an example of where you kind of, you go you go in the ring and it's really poor conditions. Do you do you have medical? Obviously, you don't have medicals. Don't have medicals going in. Majority of them. I I've been on like I said, I boxed on that show in Scotland. I boxed twice in Scotland for the guys. SK Promotions, Sammy Kinnock and Mark Kerr and all them. They're just beautiful people. They just looked after me so well and the show was really well run. And I've been up to Glasgow at the um, MTK gym, sparring with them since, and they're all mm. my friends. But then the opposite end of it is the show in Ermston. That was yeah. my sister, my missus at the time, and my cousin came watching me and they were like, what are you doing here? I was like, it wasn't meant to be here. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, it, it, that's another flip side of it. Again, it, I was sold it wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's in a gym, we've got a fully licensed bar and you know, and, and then I get there and it, I couldn't believe it. It was an old Irish club and it was downstairs in this dungeon that was clearly an old cellar. Like Fight Club. <laughs> it was like Fight Club and I'll tell you what, I won that fight right, but oh my God, I had 16 ounce Guys who are listening will understand their experienced boxers. 16 ounce pro box gloves on, which are obviously like you might as well have a pillowcase on your hand. <laughs> and he had 10 ounce hatton gloves on. And I looked across the ring and I was like, oh, he was a southpaw. It was the first time I'd ever boxed. I won it, 
purely because I'm just a stubborn little fecker. Yeah. And I just... But that's why my nose looks like it is from that fight. Yeah. Honestly, it was horrible. There was blood everywhere and everything. I, I must admit, I think I'd been to about three or four white colour shows. Believe it or not, obviously, your first fight, I was actually yeah, there all yeah, the yeah. ago. It's because I knew somebody else who was boxing on that show. Um, I, and I, I went to one in, in Prince's, the old Prince's nightclub in yeah, Fury yeah. in Wigan. Um, a couple of lads who I used to play football with actually boxed on, on that show. And the, the first fight I actually saw was two heavyweight two heavyweight people and one of them was literally it looked like Ivan Drago is absolutely unit <laughs> yeah. against this really short fat kid really yeah yeah, yeah. and all fight was a bit of a comedy act because the guy was stood in the middle with the other shorter fat kid just running at, running at him <laughs> swinging missing sw- spinning around, around swinging missing and the other guy looked frightened to death and that's all it was all the way through and the, the short fat kid won because he did he just of, he did the work and then I remember the next fight, um, some kid come out and I thought, oh, he didn't look like a, a white collar boxer unlicensed box. He had something something about him. I'm not saying all white collar boxers don't have something about him, but he looked like he had something about him, he, the way he moved and stuff. And I can't remember if he won that one or he drew with that one. And then one of my friends came on, I think it must have been about 12, 13 fights, and believe it or not, He's boxing the same lad who boxed in the second fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he I think boxed, I know what show you're on about. Boxing the same fight. And, and Is it Hayden Sheriff? Hayden Thomas, his name? I, I, I couldn't tell you the names. And then the lad who, who, who I knew, he boxed him. I think he hit him once in the first round, literally within 20 seconds. It went over. And he went over. Fell over. And to me, straight away, it, it, not just because I've got the trained eye boxing eyes, other people, like all my friends saying... What the hell is that? Oh, get up! Was, was he, get up! He's driving at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must have just took a dive to get out of there. It's it's the wages they do it for as well. You get a lot of them. Yeah. It they, they call them journeymen, but I think it's disrespectful to proper journeymen. Yeah. I because do. there's a difference between a journeyman and a bum. A bum will just tear fall over for hundred and fifty quid, whereas a proper journeyman will will let you win it. He'll he'll give you the edge, yeah. but he'll teach you a few things while he's in there. Yeah. He'll make you. If you're keeping that left hand a bit low, he'll catch you with the right hand. Yeah. You know, if you're not putting guiding your body, he'll he'll take he'll take your window your sails for yeah. you. You know what I mean? That's the difference between a journeyman and a bum. And and you hear stories where they're saying, "Yeah, I got paid hundred quid just to go in there and lose." Like, if you're gonna do that, why don't you go? Why don't you go box pro and get fifteen hundred, yeah, fourteen hundred pounds? Not that you're gonna you're gonna you obviously when you go in the pro game, you know you're gonna lose because you've not got the ability. Not just take a dive because you've been paid. And I think it's so disrespectful to the sport of boxing really so if, if I if I said to you about 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 unlicensed I had a bit of a discussion the other day uh, on well I put a poll on on, uh, on Facebook about should unlicensed boxers be classed as having a, a boxing record so knowing obviously what you know now it's probably a difficult question for you to answer because of... you'll find it a lot with the unlicensed is people will know somebody so you'll say like a lad who I've boxed, Will, Will Kearns. Hi, Will, if you're listening. He, um, I've boxed him five times, Will. Right. He beat me, well, I beat him, and we've had three draws. All right. <laughs> but, sorry, sorry, the draws in white collar, but I'm sorry, in unlicensed boxing, why is there so many draws? It's laws of draws, you never see it in amateur. You never de- see it in pros. It depends where you are, because you'll get people who'll ask for favours, like you'll get... You know, or just do me a favour and just just move him round. They call it. You know, they just take just take him rounds and let him win it. Do you know what I mean? 
But you will get legitimate draws. Like, I've had a few draws where I've clearly won it, but I've been away from home. So, how, how did, did, they, did they have... Obviously, it depends on what show it is, but is it generally three judges? Depends, again, what kind of level you show is. Yeah. Because, like, the one in... Scotland that I talk about, I'll always, I'll always sing their praises because it was a brilliant. It was a really good weekend, all in all. Yeah. But I'll always sing their praises because they're brilliant. Uh, that was three judges, yeah. ringside medics. I got yeah. cut. They um, it didn't need stitches or studs, but they, they took me back and stereo stripped me up because I got yeah. a big cut over my left eye. Yeah. Um, rung me next day. Are you okay? Blah blah blah. Um, it's just just things like that, but. The three judges at ringside isn't always the case. A lot of ninety nine percent, ninety percent of the time, it's usually the ref, yeah. because he's arguably got the best view. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But the draws often come from right. You're from Wigan. You've sold fifty tickets. You're in Wigan. You're boxing a lad from Liverpool. The lad from Liverpool usually gets the edge, but they can't give it to the away fighter because next time the lad won't sell 50 tickets because his mates won't watch him because he yeah. lost. Yeah, that's true. So we'll give it a draw. Um, we'll just get away with the draw and then we'll get him, we'll improve him for the next one or not so much improve him, we'll get him a lesser opponent for the next one. Going back to where you were talking about Liverpool and obviously being the away fighter in Liverpool, I always say about Lomachenko's record and Golovkin's record in the amateurs. Yeah, yeah. They definitely did box the scouts in Liverpool, didn't they? No, did they? To have all those wins. (laughs) Like Usyk, 15 losses. Boxed in Liverpool 15 times. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, going back to the unlicensed side of it is, kind of my my reflection on that is, a lot of it's about money. Yeah. Because if you look at the tickets to go and watch amateur boxing, it's, 10 15 pounds maximum, yeah, yeah. really. And you're talking for the white collar shows 30 35 pounds to go and watch them. Roughly. Some shows, yeah. There was one at St Thomas's Club a few years back, and it was 25 quid a ticket yeah. for a 12 foot ring in a social club. It's like, how are you justifying that no. when you can go and watch a pro show for 30 quid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pay five or more, and you're getting pro, pro standard boxes. Yeah, not two lads who fancy having a do. Yeah, not windmills, exactly. Right, let's. Let's put this one straight as well now. Semi-professional boxing. <laughs> there was a big... Go on, sorry, go on. Go on. go on. There was a big... The, I'm, in a, I'm in a group on Facebook called Semi-Pro Boxer Stats. And it, it's just for matchmaking, you know. Yeah. And there was a big... I didn't really get involved in it because, I, truth be told, it was on Facebook this. I couldn't be bothered with the notifications. But they were saying, what's a semi-pro boxer? Now, the argument was... You're not a semi-pro boxer. You're unlicensed. You box for money, yeah. which is which is viable. Yeah. But what's the difference between a semi-pro boxer and a semi-pro footballer? Is semi-pro where you can't make a full wage from your living, and same as you can't be football. Like I don't. I'm not big on football. You are obviously, but yeah. say like Southport. They're not a massive team, so I'm presuming the guys who play for Southport also yeah. have to work. Yeah. So. So let's use that example then. So Southport. So. They will be affiliated to the FA. Yeah, yeah. Will be affiliated to um, the national governing body of, of football. Mm. Um, so they will be classed as a genuine football team. So if flipping that over to boxing, the I I would suggest that the the shows or the boxes would need to be affiliated to people. To be classed as a semi-professional boxer. I know what you're saying. So, if, for example, if if I if I 
if I made a ring somewhere and I said to you, Adrian, 20 quid, go and box, uh, somebody's going to come in the ring and have a, a little do with you, would that class you as a semi-professional boxer? No, I won't say so. The general consensus that was on that post, but there was about probably 30 people involved and the general consensus was semi-pro boxing is if you can't make a living from the sport. But that opens up another avenue. Well, let's set up a semi-pro boxing organisation then. Like, you, like, you know, League 3, League 2 football teams were, you know, they're not sponsored by anyone massive, so they, they have to work as well yeah. as play football. Yeah. But then, on the flip side of that is, well, everyone's just going to lie. Yeah. You might get a lad who's not really quite good enough GoPro, but he's had 50 on amateur fights, so he can do a bit, but on the semi-pro circuit, he's unboxed. Yeah. I remember Michael Gomez come back in the white colour yeah. when he finished pro yeah. fighting. He, he went, had a couple of licensed, unlicensed fights. Which is, <laughs> he's boxed at world level. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not going to... Imagine chucking him in with a pre-fight novice yeah. and he's boxed at world level. Which, you know. which could happen. Could, of course it could. Because yeah. there's no governing behind it. Yeah. It, I, I, my, my personal opinion on it, as I probably share with Tony Bellew, I think remember the tweet. Remember the tweet. He was ranting about it. He's always ranting about something. There's isn't no he, such thing as um, what, there's no such thing as um, semi-professional boxing. You're either amateur or you're professional. That was kind of his rant. Or you're unlicensed. Or, or you're unlicensed. Yeah, but I think he doesn't. He, I agree with it all, and I've, and, I've, and I've experienced it on all levels. I've experienced it like where I'm the one who's they call it cabin fodder, don't they? Where you're in, the guy sold 100 tickets and you're in there just to take a good hiding. Yeah. And then I've experienced it like, like I say, it's gotten under the top end. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, so that's kind of the senior side of it. Yeah, yeah. So that's all about adults and in some ways, I kind of understand that, yeah, people just won't go in there and have a scrap about all the, I wouldn't say politics, but about all the structure of, yeah. of, of amateur boxing. Now, children, so if you've got, if you've got, um, if you've got an amateur gym or more than one amateur gym with, within your region or within your town or city or whatever, would you let your son go to a white, uh, unlicensed gym rather than box amateur? Personally, no. Okay. And I think, I'm glad you've mentioned about, I think it's all down to the parents that, because yeah. at seven, eight years of age, you don't you don't know the difference between pro unlicensed amateur white collar. You just like your yeah. dad's like or your mum's like you're having a boxing match yeah. against this. You know I'm so glad you said that because the amount of times I've been sat on that coach over there, John, and I've said, oh, it's, it's white collar that unlicensed, and or, or my missus will say, oh, they're going boxing. I'm at it. Well, it's only that it's only white collar stuff. So oh, it's missable. Well, what's the difference? That's my wife who I've lived with for yeah. a number of years. Yeah, and she, I'm yeah. still trying to educate her on what yeah. the difference is. I think she understands now, but what the difference And I think the biggest problem, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to do this today, is to people understand the difference between unlicensed boxing, sort of white collar boxing, yeah. and amateur boxing. Yeah, yeah. And I think people need to be educated on what the difference is and, and what, the, what the best pathway. If you look at all the best professional boxers, um, We've named two examples there with Usyk and, and Lomachenko. And massive Glocky. amateur record. Massive amateur record. Yeah. If you look at the British champions, Ante Joshua, Tony yeah. Bellew, Amir yeah. Khan, 
um, Kelbrook, they all have gone down. But on the flip side of that, yeah. Nick Blackwell won a British. Never had an amateur fight in his life. Yeah, it was just... He did it all unlicensed. He had about 40 unlicensed and then yeah. got turned over pro by his trainer yeah. and won a British title. I mean, it's terrible what happened to him, Mike, in the end. But that's the flip side of it again. Yeah. He doesn't need an amateur record. So he's kind of a, an anomaly, would you Possibly, would you yeah. There's a, lot of un- there's a lot of pros, like Mark, who I boxed in Scotland. He's never had an amateur fight. Yeah. And he's I think he's about number nine in country now. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Right, so he's, yeah. he's, he's fighting... What the, I think it's the end of this month for the Celtic yeah. welterweight or is it super welterweight Celtic super welterweight title he's won the Celtic middleweight title already and he's never had an amateur fight in his life oh, well, so, so it's another it's just worlds so it, it's the same bracket on licensed boxing but there's worlds yeah. between between it all <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. it's weird so if, if I ask you a question now so if, if if you know of a gym which has a lot of kids in it and a lot of adults in it and the people who kind of run the gym who know about amateur boxing mm. I'm not sure if they went down that pathway or not I'm not sure if they boxed amateur I think they did or I think if they did or they didn't Is why would they not change to amateur rather than un- uh, unlicensed? A lot that puts people off with regards to amateur boxing Change is the paperwork behind it and the setup of an amateur boxing gym. I haven't. I mean, obviously, you've come to our gym already amateur affiliated, so you've basically just brought your I, team. I, I had to, well, I brought the boxes, but I had to set everything up. Did you have to set it all from, up again? From, from That's beginning. what puts a lot of people off. Now, we never got amateur affiliated before you came, yeah. because that's what put me and Kev off the 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 side of it and having to get everything registered and all that. But you'll find a lot of people who won't set up amateur gyms because you have to get CRB checked. Yeah. And a lot of people, I'm not saying with regards to kids and stuff, but a lot of people have got violence, yeah. robbery and stuff like that. and Drugs. And stuff. Drugs. So they're not going to say, oh, yeah, you got done three years ago for giving somebody a good idea. But yeah. there you go, you go and coach some seven-year-old kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. going to do it. And that's what puts a lot of people off. But But saying that, though... Majestic Gym as an umbrella gym yeah. has that policy. You have to, as a, so as a yeah, we're all yeah, we're all CIB Even though you, you run yeah. the ultra white collar, you have to have a CIB. I have anyway, to because I'm running so, kids and vulnerable adults. Yeah, so I've got all my done. Yeah, which is understandable. I, I, give me one second, John, because I want to grab this, which I think is quite important. ABA card. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of so I've got one of my boxes ABA cards here, and. This is probably one of the reasons you're saying a lot of um, a lot of gyms won't go. Yeah, won't go. Change over. Won't change over. But for me, to set up one of them is they have to have a medical, which every yeah. boxer should be doing anyway. Yeah. And then, if like the general name, information, address, and all that kind of stuff, I get to sign the parents and all that other kind of stuff. And then a photograph would have to be on there, so that, so it's recognizable who card that yeah, is. Yeah. So. This is actually their cards. This is not our cards. This is not English. So this is their own boxing card. It has got some history about um, the, if they've had any um, previous combat sports or if they've wrestled. Karate, if blah, karate. blah, blah, blah. So all that's got to be recorded here. We have to actually apply for England boxing. If, um, so we've had a couple of boxers in the gym who's, who's boxed 
white collar for you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we've got Greg and we've got um, Gemma, Gemma and Jamie. They also so they, they've had white, uh, white collar boats, so we've had to register them with England Boxing to say, listen, they've had X amount of amateur white collar boats, so that'll be recorded on there. Yeah, yeah. So it's there's a lot of information going from one coach to another coach, so we can't basically pull the wool over their eyes. And then you've got all the kind of the medical information, the historical med- medical information from the doctors. And then you go through to, uh, I think it's one of the most important, is the uh, the record as a boxer, really. The box rec, if you the, will. The, yeah, the yeah, box yeah. rec. So obviously, box rec covers the the professional box. So this is the box rec. So we use warrior the Warrior database. So when you're matching up, we'll say uh, Joel Bloggs has had... 10 boats he's won six lost four or whatever it is this is his weight this is his age there's strict rules about you can only maximum for sorry for for anybody on a youth a youth is um under 18 yeah maximum you can have is uh 12 months difference unless you're a youth and then you can have 24 months different right uh maximum weight you can have is two kilos right so it's all structured is it all across the board that two kilos uh not in not in so if you get so like declan bridge yeah, um, he's a youth. He's a he was a ninety one kilo boxer at one point. He boxed only he was hundred and twenty kilos. Right, but because he was a heavyweight, 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 he it? was in that weight category. Yeah. Um, similar with the with the with all the bigger lads. But when you move down, so we've got young Mason Wainwright. He he's going to be boxing tonight. He's his weight's thirty four kilos. So if his opponent comes in at thirty four point uh, three, and Mason's bang on thirty four, the supervising charge would say. No to that because he's too heavy. Because so well, he's 0.3 of a kilo. Because he's 0.3 of a kilo over. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, point, 2.3 kilos. Oh, okay. So two if, point, if Mason comes in at 34 and he comes in at 36.3 36. or yeah. whatever. Right. So two, okay. two, so the maximum you can have is 2 kilos. 2 kilos. Yeah. Uh, so it's all done structured properly. We know the kids have had medicals, it's all done properly. And, and I can request to see their card. So if their card, if their worry database said, the lads had five, lost five. I can say to the coach, do you mind if I have a look at your Prove card? Prove type thing. And then it's everything's recorded on here to basically show that. Do you get, in the amateurs, a second chance for mate weight? Uh, in... So say you came, like we just give the example there, so Mason's 34, say the kid yeah. comes in at 36.3. Yeah. Can they say, go on, you've got half an hour to skip that off? You've got a certain, a certain time limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is more... Prevalent in the uh, in the championships, right? So if if we're saying John, you've got to be under seventy five kilos, you come in at seventy five point one. No chance of that, mate. <laughs> if you come in, at, if you come in at seventy five point one, then you'll have an amount of time to go and get that point one of a kilo. I think the maximum you can lose is something like point two of a kilo. Right. In half an hour or forty minutes. In, in half an hour, whatever it is. Yeah, there is, there is a rule of it going into it. So you can actually weigh in again. Uh, I think you've got half an hour or an hour or whatever it is, but there is the maximum amount. I think it's point two of a kilo. You, you can't lose, so you can't go and drop two, three kilos of in water a sauna, because it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I think it's dangerous in professional boxing when they actually weigh in the day before. Never mind when you're weighing on the day. It is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So in regards to, I think one of the main reasons is regulation. So we have these boxing competition record books. This is for safeguarding. The boxers safeguarding the children to regulate it all, yeah. Uh, to make it, uh, how can I say, it? the integrity of, of of the sport to make sure that it's it's all accurate, to make sure that um, it's safe. 
and to make sure that it's the level of contest is what it's supposed to be. A good way of dividing it all as well is amateur boxing is about the sport. Yeah. It, it's predominantly building a record, yeah. building your, your boxer up, either to, if he's not good enough, go pro, he's had a good amateur record and that's that. But that's generally the pathway to go pro, you yeah. would suggest. Semi-pro, into, uh, sorry, semi-pro, white collar, unlicensed, is predominantly about the money. It's about, and I don't necessarily just mean promoters making money. I mean fighters making money, because like, you know, I've I've boxed a few lads. John, your lads pulled out. I can get a lad over though, today. You know, I'll give him hundred and fifty quid, and he'll come over. So he's skin. He's at home. I'll go. And I'll go and do the rounds for hundred and fifty quid. It's predominantly about making money on all sides. Whereas obviously amateurs, you you are going to make your money because nobody does anything for nothing as such. But it's not predominantly about the money, it's about the boxing. Whereas semi-pro, unlicensed, white-collar, whatever, is 99.9% about the money yeah. from all sides of it. Promoters, fighters, ticket sales, bar staff, bar, everything. Yeah. Everything. Do you know that England boxing have actually got a thing now where you can actually do, not white-collar shows, but events, a bit like white-collar. Right. You can come under the England boxing banner. That'll be a way of regulating it, won't it? It'll, so that, it'll, yeah, it'll so be the way of trying to clamp down on the dirty and licensed side. So, of it so all. you'd still have to have the boxers will still have to have a medical card. They'll still have to right. kind of affiliate to England Boxing, like like all amateur boxers do. But they could, you could still have that show where everybody. Um, so not necessarily everyone's carded with England Boxing as such. Uh yeah yeah this, everybody was they would all still be carded. They would all still be affiliated to kind of... The so would they just not be an amateur boxer then? They would be classed as amateur, yeah, they'd class as amateur boxing. But I think there's more more to it than that, but you could have like an, uh, an event where it's all novice boxers. I suppose you right, could. okay. So they got like under three fight novice type stuff. And you, you could have, we generally have about, I could be wrong by saying this, but we generally have about between 15 and 17 bouts per amateur show, but you may possibly have more than that. Right, okay. And I think so you can split the show into like a... Semi pro, in in brackets, and an amateur show, so you can split the show up. Yeah, well, ultra white collar boxing, they don't get paid anyway, do they? So they're not classed no, as semi pro. They don't. Anyway. They don't get paid. Yeah. As, um, I, I think boxing. what it is is it's England, England boxing strategy of trying to pull everything away from unlicensed, unlicensed yeah. boxing and regulating it all. It does need regulating. It does need regulating in some way or another. But it it's like. You could compare it to the to the war on drugs as such. Yeah. As soon as one gets shut down, another one starts up. Yeah. You know, you can... Yeah. But true. they're not necessarily doing anything wrong. Do you no. know what I mean? They're not breaking any laws. No. No one's tying anybody up and saying, right, you're coming having a boxing match. Yeah. You know, they're going to the gym, they're training, and they want to have a boxing match. Yeah. It, what avenue they decide to take that boxing match on is up to them. Yeah. Especially as adults. Not so much as children. Yeah. I think that was a great summary of what you, what you made though, John, about it's for white collar licence boxing, it's about the money. Yeah. If, if you want to learn how to box and you want to see a, a career and a future in, as a boxer, I think the way to go is... Is that much boxing? Especially yeah. as a kid, you, you you don't want to get... I mean, I get a few kids... I mean, I'm not... Um, we're not we've not done it yet, have we? Me, me amateur card, me amateur coaching. We've not done it yet. So my classes are just general boxing classes, but if I got a kid who came to me at 13, 14, 
and he had a bit about him. I have done before. I'd send them to you. Yeah, yeah. He said, "Can yeah. you get me fights, John?" I'll say, "Well, no, not really." But Lee can yeah. go and see Lee. He said, "You're welcome at my classes. You don't, you don't just have to go and train with Lee. You can yeah. train me as well." But I can't call you. Go and see Lee, and Lee will get you for a fight. And I know that's very true because before I actually came to Majestic Gym, I remember you messaging me and said, "I've I've got a kid here who." He, he should be doing I think it was boxing. Jordan and it turns out when I, I came to the, the new camp we came it? and then Jordan ended up yeah. boxing he's had four I think, fights I think so. Lee uh, sorry I think Jordan was meant to come to you that week and Kev said Lee's coming I'm coming <laughs> alright <laughs> you don't need I, te- I remember texting Jordan saying you don't need to go anywhere mate Lee's coming here your classes are going to change he was like oh buzzing which was a great he was a great he, he's, he's, had, he's had four fights and he's to be fair he boxed well the weekend he did actually he boxed well but yeah, I think that I think that I think that covers everything which I wanted to talk about. Really, I think I think just give the listeners a, a great understanding about what you want from boxing. Really, so if just to educate people, what's the difference between white collar? What's the difference between like white collar and amateur? Yeah. Why people actually do those types of you'll find boxing. a lot of people who take part in. Um, so not so much the Walter White collar boxing because that's like I said that's more of an event it's more of an experience yeah. than learning to box you'll find a lot of people who take part in these semi-pro unlicensed uh, I like me who although I got into boxing early enough I didn't start competing until I was older Yeah. so you, you'll you I was like 26 before I had my first I mean I've had a lot of fights in them, in them few years <laughs> but I um I was 26 for the first time I competitively stepped in a boxing ring so you'll find a lot of like, oh, not going amateur gym. They're all you know, it's with old kids and that you know. So people do generally see that, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot it's of though. Kids. I don't want to say old boys because you're hardly old at twenty five, are you? But you know what I mean. You've kind of missed the buzz yeah. with regards to making a career out of your, yeah. your your boxing. So you yeah. you just want to well, I've I've done boxing all my life. I'll just have a go type yeah. thing. Which is the innocent side of it, but yeah. then there's the seedy side of it. Whereas. Money, money talks, doesn't it? Unfortunately. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. And again, thank you for making the journey across Wigan to my house and and talking about this. I've actually learned some things through it as well, which which has been great. No problem, mate. Thank you very much for having me over.